0: Now what? Uh, when the, Jesus ascended to be with his disciples, I'm sure that they were asking the same thing. Now what? And it was a little overwhelming to think of uh, what the next step was to be. And so we're looking at this series of now what? What would God have us to do? And uh, last week we were in Hebrews chapter 5. And in Hebrews chapter 5, it talked about how um, we were to grow in God's word. Um, the, 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 the Christians that the writer of Hebrews was writing to, they were still feasting on the milk of God's word. And it was time to grow up spiritually. It was time to get into the meat of uh, God's word. And we looked at what it meant to uh, train ourselves to discern between uh, good and evil. And how are we to, uh, to, uh, grow into Christ-like maturity? Uh, you know, there's a skit on a TV show, and, uh, uh, this skit features Beck Bennett. And, uh, Beck Bennett is the baby boss. And, uh, some of you younger generations probably have seen this skit, but, uh, uh, uh the baby boss is in an adult body. But he has all the mannerisms of an 18-month-old. And you'll watch him act out this uh, baby, being like a baby in this grown-up body. And it's absolutely ridiculous. It's hilarious, but it's ridiculous. And, you know, that's the way it is with some Christians today. You know, they've been Christians for, for years, for decades. But they've never grown up. Spiritually, they're still responding as infants. When life gets difficult, uh, they respond or react in anger or bitterness towards uh, the things of God. Or when they're in difficult situations, they're afraid and they're paralyzed and they don't step out in faith. Or, or they're just totally thinking of themselves and, and um, spiritually, selfishly uh, immature. Church, God has given us a means, a way to grow up, to be like Jesus. He's given us a book for us to read. He's given us a church to uh, come along other uh, believers in Christ and to grow in Christ-like maturity. Um, He's given us the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't leave us alone, and he gave us the Holy Spirit To help us grow. And we are to grow spiritually. We are to be like him. Uh, God wants you. God wants me to be better. But oftentimes, oftentimes we give ourselves a pass, don't we? We say to ourselves, well, that's just that's just not who I am. I can't do that. And we can't give ourselves a pass, friends. We don't give other people a pass, do we? You know, suppose you have a third grader, and uh, your third grader is being bit by another third grader at school. And so you go to the parent of that third grader, and you say, hey, uh, we've got an issue here. Your son keeps biting my daughter. And uh you hear this parent-parent tell you, "Oh, you know, we've got that problem at home. And we try to teach them otherwise, but they just keep biting. This is just the way they are, and they can't help it. Are we going to let them get away with that? We're not going to give them a pass on that matter. You know, you might have a... You, you know, you may have a, a, a thing about being late all the time. You know, I, my aunt, I don't think she's gonna hear this message this morning, but my aunt is always late. She's gonna be late to her own funeral. But suppose you're late and you're thinking to yourself, you're saying to others, you know, this is just the way I am. You're hired in a new, new, uh, um, a place of employment. And, uh, your supervisor, uh, talks to you about being on time, and you say, you know, I'm just late all the time. This is, this is the way I am. I can't change. You think she's going to be happy with that answer? Absolutely not. And so we can't afford to give ourselves a pass when it comes to growing in Christ. The Bible doesn't give us that option. And so, this morning, we are in John chapter 15. Now, we just finished going through the book of Luke, and frankly, I miss Luke. <laughs> I felt safe in Luke. But, uh, we're beyond Luke now. Um, but, uh, when the, when Jesus was meeting with his disciples in the upper room, and they left that place to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, we don't. We're not um, in on the conversation that uh, Jesus had with his disciples along the way in the book of Luke, but we are in the book of John. Um, and the Bible tells us in John 15, uh, Jesus saw these grapevines growing, and Jesus paused with his disciples. And he had an illustration he wanted to share with them because he wanted them to continue on in this relationship with the Father even after Jesus was gone. And how are they to have this relationship with, with an invisible God? And so he explains this through this simple illustration, but profound, in uh, verses 1 through 11. So I want to read that this morning. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus says in, in this passage of scripture here that if you abide in me, if you stay close to me, I'm going to stay close to you and we're going to have the relationship that God intended From the very beginning, from the beginning of Genesis chapter 1. And as you abide in me, Jesus says, you're going to grow spiritually. You're going to produce fruit. And in verse 5, Jesus says, you're going to produce much fruit. Not talking about a little fruit, but you're going to produce much fruit. And we're, when we're talking about fruit, what are we talking about? The gifts of the Spirit in, in Galatians chapter 5. You're going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Self-control. This is the maturity that God wants to produce, the fruit that God wants to produce in our life. And this doesn't come naturally. This only comes supernaturally. And it's God who can grow this fruit in your life. It's your responsibility and my responsibility to stay Attached to the vine. We are the branches. We are to abide in the vine. And as we remain, as we abide in the vine, it's God who's going to produce these supernatural character qualities in our life. Look what Jesus goes on to say in verse 5 of chapter 15. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we can't grow. We can't do anything. Now, I, have a, I, I like to say I've got a vineyard at my, at my house. Okay, I've got three grapevines grape at my house. And uh, I love to watch my grapes grow. And we are in the growing season. We're not in the harvest season right now, but we're in the growing season. And I cut, I cut this branch from the vine at nine o'clock this morning. Um, before I cut this branch, uh, these leaves weren't withered like this. Now I haven't, and this branch has been in inside this building, okay, since I've been here. It's not been out in the hot sun or anything. But what time is eleven fifteen? So, you know, in just a couple hours, this is what this branch looks like, detached from the vine. Jesus is illustrating for us that if we try to live this life for God, separate from him, in the flesh, We are going to produce absolutely nothing. And you'll notice that uh, I cut a branch that didn't have any fruit on it. Okay? This was a non-producer. But separated, separated from the vine, this branch withers away. And that's what happens in our Christian life. And Jesus doesn't want that to happen. And he's telling his disciples, if you're going to continue to have this relationship with the invisible God, you've got to continue to abide in me. And that's hard to do in this day and age. I don't know if you know it or not, but life is kind of like an escalator. And it's not an escalator that's going up. It's an escalator that's going down. I mean, life is in the default mode of an escalator going down. And as Christians, God wants us to get to the second floor. And in order to get to the second floor, there's, we're going to have to hustle, aren't we, on that escalator to get to the second floor. But this is the way life is. Um You know, things just typically decline. You buy a new car. You drive that car off the lot. And yes, it's fresh, it's spanking new, but after a while, it gets dirty. You put some miles on it, and uh, it begins to make some new noises that you haven't heard before. And you know, it's, it's a vehicle that is just wearing out. You do yard work. You know, I, I love to do yard work, and, and uh, I'll work on my yard and get it all pretty. And if I don't do anything after a couple of weeks, you know what? Things begin to grow again, and if, I, if it doesn't have my attention, there's some things that don't start looking good. Life can, is like an escalator. It continues to go downhill. There's something that we need to do to keep it up. To improve things. I'm going to be glad when we get to heaven. Because when we get to heaven and when we have hot coffee, it's going to stay hot. But in the meantime, we live here on earth and we get our cup of coffee and it doesn't stay hot. We set it aside for a period of time and it begins to cool off, Don't doesn't it? That's the way life is. And the last illustration is uh Kids. And bedrooms, you know, uh, if kids don't, or I can talk about parents as well, if we don't pay attention to our bedrooms and keep things up, you know what, things begin to deteriorate very quickly. Life is in a default mode. And God wants us to get to the second floor of a descending escalator. And we don't have to do a thing for it to go down. Think about weeds. You know, there's not a thing I have to do for weeds to grow in my backyard. Is that the way it is at your house? Yeah? And and that's a great picture of a spiritual life. You know, we've got weeds in our lives, in our personal lives, that we need to take care of, that we need to weed out, we need to remove. But we have a tendency to water those weeds, don't we? We shouldn't be watering those weeds. We should be neglecting those weeds, removing those weeds. Again, there's things that we have to do as children of God To abide in Christ. It doesn't come naturally. We live on a descending escalator. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning? Doesn't it sound just totally exhausting having to try to climb up a descending escalator? And to be told that that's the way the Christian life is? But there's something that we need to do. Jesus says, stay attached to the vine. When you stay attached to the vine, you will bear much fruit. So last week I talked about uh, getting off the escalator of trying to training. That doesn't sound. Much more encouraging. But we need to train in the right things. And what's the secret? The secret is to abide in him. If we're going to train ourselves in righteousness, we've got to stay attached to the vine. We, couldn't, we can't do it separate from him. And Jesus was so emphatic about this that nine times in this passage of scripture, he tells us in one way or another that we must abide in him. So if we're going to bear fruit, Christian, we need to train to remain. If you don't hear one more word I say that this morning as, uh, as we're here, remember these three words. Train to remain. I talked about my grapes. Well, a couple weeks ago I mentioned my vegetables too. I'm growing this uh, vegetable garden and uh, having a lot of fun with it. But... Um, You know, there's times, and this is illustrative of our life, uh, sometimes it's easy to remain. You know, when life is good, when life is going our way, it's good to remain. We enjoy remaining. But there are times where circumstances get the best of us, and in those difficulties, it's hard to remain. You know, there's a there's a lot of um, angry atheists today who tried God at one time and it didn't go their way. And so they're angry with God and God doesn't exist. And they say, you know, I tried God and it didn't work for me. My friends, we don't try God. We give our life to him. And regardless of what occurs in our life, Jesus says we are to remain. We are to abide in him. And so we must train ourselves to remain. And I'm looking at my vegetable garden right now. And uh, uh, let's see, I I, I think I've got a picture. This is uh, a picture of uh, one of my squash plants. Uh, I, I planted this squash plant from seed. Okay, so this is about two months worth of work. Uh, I was talking to Aaron Gage yesterday, and he's got a zucchini plant that already has uh, eight zucchini on his uh, his plant. I'm not even close. I'm, I haven't even reached the flower stage. Okay, but uh, I like to go out in my backyard and every single day see the progress of my my vegetables. And so about three weeks ago. This is what my butternut that, this is what my butternut squash had looked at l- looked like, and uh, I came home from work that afternoon to look at my butternut nut, nut squash, and this is what it looked like, and I thought to myself, what in the world has happened? I've I've toiled, I've sweated, I've, I've sung over these plants and, and this is what I have to show for myself after uh, eight weeks of labor and I'm thinking to myself, it had to have been the tortoise. I've got two adult tortoises in my backyard and they found out where my vegetable garden was. And so what did I have to do? I had to go to Home Depot. And I had to build a fence. Do we have another picture, uh, Stephen? I had to go out and I had to buy $100 worth of material to keep these tortoises out of my garden. And uh, worked for a couple weeks. And then um, uh, this last weekend, we were away in Riverside. And I we came back home Sunday afternoon. And... Uh, Looked at my, don't, go back, go back. Looked at my zucchini plant and I showed you a picture The eaten plant was really my zucchini plant. That's what my butternut squash plant looked like two weeks ago. And now he had eaten my zucchini plant. And that was the picture I had showed you. And I thought to myself, how in the world? There's no evidence of this tortoise having got into my vegetable garden now do I have bugs what's going on here and the next day I went into my backyard and uh, just happened to look over to my left and saw against the fence go to the next picture my tortoise it had uh, wedged itself between the railroad tie and the tent and the fence it was trying to get back into the garden again, and he was stuck. And had I not seen this tortoise, it would have died. So, by by the owner's grace, <laughs> I really wanted tortoise soup at this moment. I spared this tortoise's life, and... Uh, And got it out of its predicament. And uh, you know. As I was looking along the fence. I saw the scratch marks. Of how he had precariously. uh, Got himself in. uh, Over the weekend. To eat my zucchini plant. And so you know. This is. um, this, This is my. Ongoing. Vegetable garden story. But. Church, this is reflective of our spiritual life. There's things that eat us up, doesn't go the way we want them to. And instead of remaining, we react like an 18-month-old. And we go into these spiritual tantrums and we get angry and we remove ourselves emotionally from God and Jesus wants us to be prepared for those moments because the heat is going to come Jesus says in this world you are going to have tribulation but be of good courage I have overcome the world We must train ourselves to remain. And when we train ourselves to remain, we grow. We see God at work in our life. I want us to show one more video that illustrates remaining within him. Need to be friends. Yeah, I guess I'll I guess I'll see you around then. I uh, really need this shipment to go out so I'm going to need you to stay. These stories are real. It's fine for you. I just don't believe in this stuff. Call to me, and I will answer you. Do not fear, because I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you up. I hear your prayers, my child. Keep praying, and do not give up. Keep working with all of your heart, as if you were working for me, not just your boss. When you cry out, I hear you, I am near to you when your heart is broken. Turn that off. I know that that seemed rather simplistic, but what were the words that each of those individuals heard as they were struggling? They were words from God's Word. My friend, if you're going to remain, if you're going to train yourself to remain, you must allow the Word of God to. To encourage you. You've got to be in the word. Look at what Jesus says in verse 7. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. His words, the words of this book need to abide in us. And then Jesus says, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done. You're thinking to yourself, Pastor, really? I I can ask for a new car, or I can ask for a better house, or I can ask for a better spouse? No. What's the context of the passage? The context of the passage is fruit, much fruit. Ask whatever you wish in regard to the circumstances that you're in, according to my word, and I will produce this. I will give to you what you need, whether it be love or joy or peace or patience. Those fruits of the Spirit... Jesus will give you what you need but the key the secret is remaining I showed you that picture of my uh, zucchini squash let me bring it up the next picture and let me show you um, that's what that's what my butter m- Butternut, it's hard to say that word. That's what my butternut squash looks like today. Two weeks after being eaten, or three weeks after having been eaten by the tortoise. No, there's no flowers yet, but you know what? The butternut squash didn't just... I've spent all this time in the dirt, and I have nothing to show for myself, so it yanks itself. No, it remained. It didn't have a choice, but it remained Christian, yeah, you do have a choice. And Jesus wants you to remain. And as you remain, Jesus says, you will bear much fruit. Let me show you what my grapevines look like. The, the branches that are remaining. There's much fruit on those vines. Because the branches choose to remain. So, where are you this morning? The title of our series is What Now? What Now what? What's your next step? What does God want you to do? For some of you, it may be entering a relationship with Him for the very first time. You know, you've never... You've given God a try, but you've never given God your life. Maybe today's the day where you've got to cross that threshold of faith and say to Him, no matter what, no matter what, no matter the storms, no matter the circumstances, I choose to remain. And the grace of God will help you to remain. You just train yourself to remain. God takes care of the rest. Some of you, maybe your next step is emotionally, spiritually returning to God. You've checked out. Even though you've checked out, you know what? If you're a Christian, you can never lose that personal relationship with him. You know, I've got four kids. They don't always agree with me. And sometimes they get angry. And Praise God, no one has ever left the house and said, I don't want to be your son or daughter again. But even if they said those words, I couldn't stop being their dad. That relationship will always be there. But the fellowship's broken. Maybe the fellowship's broken with God in your life right now. God wants you to repent and just turn to him and choose to remain. Maybe you, you don't know how to grow in God's word. And the next step for you is just crack this book open. Where do you start? I would encourage you to start with the book of John. Get to know who Jesus really is. Let him encourage your heart. And just read until you get something. That may be a couple of verses. That may be a whole chapter. But just read until you get something. And we'll get into how to get more out of God's word later. But start. But train yourself to remain. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Jesus, you gave us this very practical illustration of a grapevine. And we don't always choose to remain, and we get off track, and we focus on ourselves, and for some of us, we just haven't grown in Christ-like maturity, and when we find ourselves in the heat of the battle, we don't we don't respond with the fruit of the spirit, and we still act like spiritual infants. God help us to take the next step, whatever step that might be. Thank you, God. help us to remain choose to remain to train ourselves to remain to abide to be in you because this life is difficult would you just would you just give Jesus your circumstances right now what what part of the escalator are you on causing everything to go downhill you need to turn back over to him and choose to remain if you know his word you know that he hears that prayer You know his word says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. You may have moved from him, but he hasn't moved from you. Allow his word to nurture your relationship with him. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to do business with you. For us to encounter you. May we encounter you every single day. As we spend time with you. In Christ's name. Would you stand with me please? We're going to sing this song of worship.